Welcome to the Business as Mission podcast, dedicated to those who long to see God glorified in business and the nations reached for Christ. Your host is Mike Bayer, longtime BAM leader and founder of Third Path Initiative, an online education resource for starting and growing BAM businesses around the world. Welcome back to the Business as Mission podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bayer, and we are in the now second, uh, well, technically third, uh, session talking with missions. Uh, he doesn't like when I say this, but missions expert Larry Sharp. He's a professor. He's he's been a missionary for years. He's an author, and he is the I guess the coach emeritus of IBEC Ventures. He coaches businesses mission folks around the world all the time. And we've been talking with Larry about several different topics, and and we're going to go back and review those just quickly to bring everybody up to speed in our in our first episode, Larry, which was oh gosh, six or nine months ago, we talked about failures, things that could go wrong. In our last episode, just to, which is the one that hopefully people will be listening to before this one in order, you talked about the importance of good foundations. You want to kind of go back and unpack that before we get into the, the, the two questions we have today? Thank you, Mike. Uh, just to um, review a little bit, and uh, just to reference the early days when uh, we were starting to uh, move toward a business as mission approach to understand how faith and work work together in the marketplace. And um, we just talked with Mike, uh, some of his recommendations I followed out, uh, followed along with and, um, and had some amazing experience in the first uh, five years or so. And uh, so some of those things we learned, uh, I think are still appropriate today would be to avoid mistakes and avoid uh, situations that uh, would not bring uh, a real positive result. But as a, first thing I talked about was calling and commitment. I think people who get involved with business as mission really need to have a calling from God and a commitment to follow through with this. And uh, that, that involves an understanding of what the business as mission is. So calling and commitment was the first one. I talked then about grit. Professor from Penn, I forget her name now, talked about grit meaning guts, resilience, initiative, and tenacity. And and I think that kind of personality can be seen in the early years of their lives. And that's certainly very important for BAM as well. That's uh, that's Angela Duckworth, by the way, Larry. It's a fantastic book. I would recommend it to all BAMers everywhere. Everybody should read that. Yep. It's very important. And not, not just for BAM, but in our case, it certainly does apply. And then the, the third one is uh, nobody starts a business alone. And um, I think that's uh, kind of common sense, but a lot of people don't, don't really apply it in their life. They think, well, I can do this. I know this. I got it. But um, I think it's important that we work together as a team. The, uh, then in the, the second uh, session we had, uh, we talked about the importance of good foundations. And this is probably the most foundational point which maybe we should have talked about first, but we talked about the purpose of all of this and the, what it is not. Um, so the purpose of business as mission, the core values, the importance of integrity in this. This, this is real. It, it's something that is recognizable. It's business that creates jobs, turns a profit, and is respected in the communities uh, of um, where we work. And so in the integration of faith and work we, uh, was talked about in that time as well. So that's kind of where we we have been the last two sessions, Mike. And uh, if we go to the third one, maybe we could wrap this up and uh, happy to share 
Great. I am, and by the way, I have to say, Larry, I am in no hurry to wrap this up, but I know we need, <laughs> we need to because <laughs> I always, I always enjoy spending time with you, and I know our listeners do too. So, yeah, as Larry's been been thinking out loud with us over what he's seen, what he's observed, and and we've just been through those two things, of, you know, kind of by way of review. There are two more we want to get into today. And, and, and while we do that, I'm going to take advantage of the moment to go back to that one on foundations for just a second, um, because if you think about it, any building that you're erecting, if the foundation is, is wrong, the building will ultimately fail. It will, it will fall over. And, and the foundation of right thinking, right theology, a biblical perspective on what business's mission is, as well as what it's not, so vital. And so I'm going to plug our partnership, the three groups that have come together, Third Path Initiative. IBEC Ventures and Legacy Venture Network to build TriVenture, which is a, a process to go through and lay that foundation, both biblically and practically, but also through a coach and through funding. So just, that's my shameless plug for those of you who may be thinking, wow, I, got, I have work to do on this. So anyway, so Larry, you, you on the notes you sent me, you, you've got, I, I love the title. It's just, uh, I guess, straight out of Kevin Costner's uh, field of dreams, right? If if we build it, they will come. Kind of unpack that because it, it, your, your your notes underneath it are intriguing to me that we start looking at, you know, the the difference between following your dream and building a good business. Yeah, I, I, this point, if we build it, they will come, uh, was something that intrigued me at the beginning, sounded right, and it, there are, is some truth in it. But on the other hand, uh, if, if people are coming from another sector, like you, as missionaries, for example, we worked with a lot of missionaries in the beginning, and the tendency was to say, oh, I love coffee, let's start a coffee shop. Or uh, I'm an outdoors guy, and we can start a trekking company. Or I love to take pictures, well, I'll start a photography company. And all of those as examples, and many others, failed because they weren't following the idea that if you don't have a customer, you don't have a business. My The first guy I, I worked with in Asia in three different countries, you know, he drilled that into my head. In other words, it's nice to have a coffee shop, but if nobody comes, if this is not a place where is a, you know, they talk about place, 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 location, 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 or other multiple factors. If you haven't done your homework there, and had a robust understanding of what uh, what the business model could be, it's not going to happen. And I'm reminded of Seth Godin, who's probably you know one of the gurus of marketing. He says, don't find customers for your product, find products for your customer. Absolutely. Now, I did not, I did not know that or think that or really imagine the implications of that at the beginning. And so we had multiple situations that, that uh, I can give you one story here, Mike. Uh, uh, we spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money building a rock climbing company in the uh, Atlas Mountains of Morocco. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the people were well-trained. They, they had multiple certifications. They climbed mountains at, in, in Colorado and other places. And they were certified. Everything was good there. They understood that they really wanted to make a difference. They uh, they were committed to uh, this company, making profit, making it profitable, and making disciples for Jesus. But when the company failed, and we did an assessment, and we uh, we tried to understand what brought about this company's demise, 
they had found the best rock climbing mountains and they were new to, to the world, to the rock climbing world. And this was, they were fantastic. And, and there was, they'd done their homework there. But what we as coaches didn't help them with was understand that those mountains were eight hours drive with a four wheel drive machine that was very rigorous and difficult. Nobody wanted to, to, to drive on those roads for eight hours to get there. There was no infrastructure for staying there to, to, to uh, give them uh, some entertainment after dark or places to eat, nothing. They just had to go all the way back. And, and that could, was not solved. And so consequently, that brought about the demise. And, and everything else was good. So we sold the company to uh, someone from Great Britain. And the company's alive and well today. But the, the, the issue here was they thought, oh, we, we, we will build this rock climbing company in the best rock climbing area. But they did not come. And so it's not a case of uh, there are so many factors that require so much attention as any business to, to be successful. And that one failed from our perspective, but we're glad that we learned a lot. And one of those employees went to work for, this, for the British company. So, so that, that's an important thing for me that we don't just say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a coffee guru. You know, I understand all that. I, I, I can easily start a company. Well, that's, there's much more to it than that. You know, it's interesting that you say that going back to the book you referred, uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth. She kind of blows up the myth that, that's been very prevalent for the last 20 or 30 years, which was follow your bliss, you know, follow your heart, follow what you're good at, and you will be successful. And she does a She's a scholar and a good writer. She just blows that up. And, and that your story is another example. How many people in business in general, but certainly in business's mission, Either they don't know how or they're not willing to do the hard work of a, of a market study mm-hmm. to really figure out most businesses are good ideas and they fail. A huge percentage of new businesses around the world fail. And it's not because they're a bad idea. They're just badly researched or badly planned. And in your case, if you know, yeah, it's great to bring them there for world-class rock climbing. But if I don't have a place for them to sleep at night, Right. I'm going to fail. And so that's I think that's a wonderful caution and wonderful piece of advice for folks just to be able to stop and say, not only do I love this, but is this actually going to work? And, and magical thinking, Larry, you, you know what I mean when I say that Christians are guilty of magical thinking. Yeah. God, yeah. God will bless it because I'm his. Well, that's right. Yeah. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think the passion is important. It's the the calling is important. The things we talked about in the first session, but uh, in terms of, of, of making the business successful, we have to realize that there are simply logistical uh, factors uh, and and things like the, the some of the current literature on the lean startup process talks about businesses are there to solve problems, the, to solve the pain point of a customer. It's not about my dreams, it's about their dreams. And, and so th- those kinds of principles have to be highlighted in the process of coaching and preparing people for a successful BAM effort. Uh, it's got to have the passion, it's got to have the calling, it's got to have all of that, but it also has to have common sense and a good business plan. You know, that just as you're talking, I'm thinking about a guy like Elon Musk who continues to solve problems we don't even know we have. But how many Elon Musks are there in the world? 
or how many Steve Jobs are there in the world when, when the reality is find, find a need that either isn't being solved or isn't being solved well, or the solution isn't accessible. Meet the need that people already know that they have, you know, let them tell you what, what hurts <laughs> and then fix what hurts and you'll be successful. There was an old preacher. Remember the, the you know, this from your studies, Alexander White from Scotland. Yeah. And, and he used to say, preach, comfort, and you will never lack a congregation. <laughs> and I think, you know, preach solution, and you will never lack a business. Yeah, right. So, yeah. You also make, you make a point here, and it really flows out, out of what we've been talking about, just the being willing to put the time and effort for the research, the planning, and the preparation before you hop on a plane or go down the street and rent a building. But what is it that leads you to that as a critical point? I think that this whole section, which kind of fits into good foundation, which we already talked about, but uh, the point that it takes time, planning, and preparation. Uh, I have been amazed that we would never fly on an airplane without a credentialed pilot. We would never do a surgery without um, appropriate medical personnel. Similarly, all teachers are certified before they get into the classroom. And uh, mechanics have to be licensed to fix, uh, you know, our cars. Why in the world can people think that they can own a business, manage a business without any training? It kind of it kind of blows my mind. One of our one of the people I worked with in another uh, startup that um, he was with us about a year or so, and he, he he made an interesting comment. He said, "Missionary trained people." When thinking of doing a business, that they they say, well, I've learned another language. I I love living in this culture. My wife loves it here, uh, or my husband. Uh, the children love it here. And you you want me to start a business? How hard can it be? <laughs> On the converse of that, successful business people in America who really have built a successful business, they understand all the implications, and it, 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 there's no questions about that. But, and they say, oh, you want me to go to the Middle East and start a business? Oh, how hard can it be? <laughs> exactly. You know, so, so, so both sectors need to understand that they have to be a lifelong learners and they have to do the hard work. And, and uh, it reminds me of uh, when I was in Cambodia, I, I visited a business called Outland Denim. And Outland Denim has an amazing story. But the owner, James, is from Australia. And he told me, because I interviewed him for my book, and we, I also visited the plant there uh, where, they, where they make high-end uh, denim jeans. He said he spent six years in preparation, wow. learning the culture, doing market studies, the legal issues, partnering with supply chain people, uh, working with the, the survivors from human trafficking that became the employees, developing a model, pivoting, and all that six years before he hired his first 10 people. And now they've got 150 and they're, they're making a real mark in that area uh, for the gospel as well as uh, creating jobs. But six years in preparation, I, th- that, that stuck with me as something that, not that everybody has to spend six years, but the, the preparation that went into the, that startup was uh, amazing. That reminds me of, of Jacob having to work for Rachel, right? And, <laughs> and it's like you get, you get seven years and you get stuck with the, the, the ugly sister and then you're told to work seven more. And I've always thought, how do you do that? And yet, if you want, if you really truly want success, you pay whatever price it is. I, I agree. I don't think it's always six years, but 
it's not six weeks either. You don't just plop into another culture and start a business or you're not already in the culture and don't know anything about business. I, for one, Larry, have thought a lot about the need for a real partnership between mission agencies and business people that they could, they could lean on each other's abilities as opposed to Mm -hmm. having to develop all the abilities themselves. And I think that's the answer. Although I have not seen a lot of that yet. That's a great point. And, and Dwight Nordstrom, uh, whom, you know, um, in Asia has, uh, uh, built about 30 different companies. He's probably the biggest BAM guru out there. He makes the point that, uh, th- that very point, he said, mission agencies need business and businesses need mission agencies. And, and what, what they're, we're talking about there, w- when I was with um, my mission agency, we developed a plan to sell to the people who want to start businesses, the products that the agency has learned or the agency has, uh, in other words, uh, simple things that are basically in the soft skill sector that, uh, for example, uh, how to have happy children in a foreign country. Uh, what, what are some of the educational options? Uh, how to avoid a trailing spouse? Those kinds of things, people say, well, that's not that important. Well, guess what? It is important. And because you're not, in order to have a successful business as mission startup, you need to enjoy living in the country. You have to learn language. You, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a linguist, but you have to learn language to a certain level. And those kinds of things the agencies have done with their people over the years. For example, when I was with, uh, with the mission, I was responsible for crisis preparation. So I would go all over the place with a team of people and we would help them be prepared for crisis so that they knew exactly what to do in countries like Haiti and so on, where there was always crisis. And uh, those kinds of things the agencies have done and the people who want to start businesses overseas can take that and, um, and use it for complementing the things that they have already and make, make a successful business. So that takes preparation, planning, time, research, all that. We'll be right back after a short break. You said something about, you know, when, when you're coaching folks and, and you and the team from MyBet Ventures, you know, you, that you, you say it, it can take five to eight years, but what do people say when you tell them that? We tell them that, but uh, we always have the caveat that sometimes you know, miraculous situations happen. We, we always say that. In other words, you, you know, you might be God, we don't need to blame God, but God and you working hard may have a successful event going on very quickly. Uh, and there are so many factors that, that, that could allow for that, but there's too many factors that mitigate that happening. I, we have one success story in that area, but, and, and I think the, um, uh, the, the, this might give an idea as to how how it can be less than five years. The couple, I think you know them, they came to us and they spent several hours on several weekends working with our consultant. Uh, his name was Ken. And they wanted to make w- wedding dresses in India. And after about a month of this discussion and Ken doing a lot of homework, he, he said, that's not a good idea. And they cried. and, and But the, they had an inner learning aptitude. And they said, okay, Ken, what do you, what should we do? The research went on, the due diligence went on. They went to India, they started a tour business and they were turning a profit in, in two and a half years because they had hit a market 
that had never been tapped into there. And uh, they had income very quickly because of this market. So, so it is possible. So I guess the short answer to your question is that we, we, we realize that and to tell those kinds of stories, but be prepared for five, five to eight years before you turn a problem. I'm thinking, Larry, about the book Malcolm Gladwell wrote called Outliers yeah. and the 10,000-hour 10, rule, you know, that, that nobody ever achieved anything of significance without putting in, you know, the number they picked out was 10,000 hours. But it, it was about people like the Beatles. It was about people like uh, Bill Gates, people we all look up as tremendously talented people. But that 10,000 hour rule, meaning they have, you have to put the time in. Yeah. I don't know who's worse, missionaries or bammers, <laughs> who's more impatient. But it's such great counsel from you guys to be able to say, look, it could take, you know, five to eight years. It may hit earlier, but it might not. And just, you know, go prepared for the long haul. Yeah. How many, how many bammers are coming home after a couple of years? And frankly, given the movement a bad name, giving the strategy a bad reputation yeah. when it was simply bad implementation. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, there was a survey in our mission just very recently amongst uh, you know career people, and I, I spent 21 years in another culture. And uh, but the, the the question was, what do you wish you knew before you'd left? Yeah. And all of us, and uh, that we they were we were asked for five five areas. But the, all of us said this: we learned the language, but we didn't spend enough time understanding the culture. Yeah. And the culture can kill you. I mean, uh, and I, I think of uh, Lee in um, in Azerbaijan. Uh, he um, partnered there with, with another guy who was a, a, a Zeri, but he, he he was just one of these you know fast thinking, moving type A kind of guys. He built the business, and before without the proper legal understanding of the in the culture. And his partner ran off with all the money and he went broke. Yep. I've seen that happen more than once. And, and I, I mentioned Lee earlier on a positive sense because uh, I said, when I called him and said, Lee, what are you going to do next? He said, oh, I've already gone down the street and opened up a new office. I'm starting over. You know, that's the kind of Lee, Lee was like that. But the point in this conversation was that he didn't do his proper homework with regard to protecting himself from that kind of thing. And, and these things can happen even if you protect himself, but in terms of the proper preparation, he didn't, ha he didn't have it. He just bulldozed in there, started up and spent money and, and pretty soon it was all gone. You have to ask the right, the right questions. You have to have people who re to give you, to, to tell you what the questions are to ask. You, you and I have a mutual friend uh, that is an IBEC coach now, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, and he, uh, when I would go visit him in Australia uh, before he moved over here to the States, he'd say, you really like it here, don't you? I said, I do. He goes, this is not America. I said, well, yeah, I know that. He goes, no, you really don't. He said, the, the, what, the problem is Americans come to Australia and they think, they, they think it's American and it's really not American at all. And, and that's a cause for people to have broken relationships and other things. How much harder would it be where the language is not even our mother tongue? So. Yeah. So, Larry, give us give us uh, give us your parting wisdom. I mean, we could go on session after session, and and I know what what you're sharing will help people and encourage them. Um, and, and by the way, we, you know, the purpose of BAM stories is really to to encourage people to get into BAM. 
it, it's not to discourage you, but we definitely, you know, at TriVenture, we're passionate about getting you started well, growing well, and ending well. And that's why th- this this council session from Larry is so important. Uh, don't don't go make the obvious mistakes others have made. But Larry, when you when you think about people that we are encouraging to explore BAM to start businesses, mission companies around the world, what, what would be your sort of parting advice for them? Well, well yeah, you, you took uh, my thunder a little bit earlier, because <laughs> uh, l- l- let me just give you a quote from a guy by the name of Landon that you know, uh, and he's now in East Africa, and I was interviewing him for a blog. And this is what he said. I'm going to quote. It's exactly what he said. He said, we took the full tri-venture program from, with Mike Bear and found the experience to be incredible. As Mike helped us understand faith and work in the marketplace and make the shift to business as mission, we began to feel confident in business and move from the not-for-profit project we were in into the BAM social enterprise space. End of their quote. Now, the, 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 as you taught them, and as I bet three I bet coaches came in there, they said we're thankful for a guy from from home who's in the coffee industry and coaches who helped us with vision and focus walk through the finances and business development. So here's people who are in in a coffee business over there. It's kind of a unique one. It's not exactly a typical one, but the coaches and the training was absolutely important to them. The time to do that. And I find so many people who say, well, you know, I know, I know some of that stuff. I think I'll do something else. And, and that's important. And just to, to conclude this, not with my wisdom, here's a, a secular guy who might have been a believer. And here's, a, here's Solomon. John Wooden said, when you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Mm. He won 12 national basketball championships. And so he, we should probably listen to that. When you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. But maybe more importantly, from Proverbs 21, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I just, um, I, I get encouraged. Here's an encouraging finish of my conclusion to this. We, we worked this fellow in um, Kazakhstan for a number of years. He got discouraged. He wanted to quit. Uh, one of us flew over there. Uh, we did all kinds of things and to help keep the business going. And what he's doing is making these big uh, lifts that take construction materials and take it up to the third story. And um, and so we, two of us got this message from him not long ago. He said, he said, I'm so encouraged. I just had orders for six lifts. Now, these are big machines. And, you know, I just got orders for six lifts. And we've had significant conversations about who Jesus is with several of the clients that are mm. the customers we have. You know, and, uh, if that doesn't get you up in the morning, for, don't even consider BAM, you know? <laughs> so so uh, that's encouraging. And, and uh, that's not just an isolated uh, outlier. That's, um, that's something we get as time moves on and God works in, in these difficult places. Amen. Well, it, it, business is hard. Missions is hard, but there are resources to help. Yeah. And and I think that that's what I'm hearing you say at the end. It's like, absolutely. You know, take your time, use the resources that are available, whoever they may be, and have the grit. Go back to where we began. Have the have the grit, the resilience to stay. Thanks, Larry. Great to have you, Larry Sharp of IBet Ventures, and uh, many other things as well. 
Uh, Larry, uh, you've got a new book coming out. You want to take a, a moment and give a shameless plug before we sign off? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just signed off on the final wording change and it's all my part is done. Amen. And so uh, I'm so thankful for uh, all the help that, uh, that I got in doing this. Basically, I've, I've taken the kind of the, the the mission of God understanding from a theological perspective, and I'm no theologian, so I had a lot to learn. I've taken that as a, as a core concept. I've taken the disruptive innovation concept of uh, Clayton Christensen and uh, to, to how change happens and bring, brought those two together. What is God doing in the world and wanting to do in the world? How does change happen in terms of poverty, injustice, those kinds of things? Brought those two together to build the theoretical, the, the, the theological and the theoretical platform for how business as mission can be successful. And then uh, tell 20, there's 28 stories of businesses that met my criteria. They, they've been in business 10 years or longer. They're far past post-revenue. They're profitable. There's no foreign income coming in. And they're making disciples. All of those have a metric. The, the metrics are not laid out every time, but all of them have, have been measurable, those, those criteria. And they're creating jobs, of course. And so th- those stories are there. Uh, I'm hoping they will um, stimulate God's people in this country to uh, say, yeah, I could do something like that. Yeah. Part of why I brought it up is Larry asked me to read it and endorse it. And I read it, uh, the manuscript, and I, it's good. So when it comes out, look for it, buy it, share it keep the resources coming. Larry, again, thanks always, my friend. I love spending time with you and your wisdom encourages me. Thanks, Mike. Blessings to you too as well. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. We invite you to become part of the story by supporting the BAM podcast at patreon.com slash BAM stories. There's a link in the notes with this episode. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or tryventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen.